This morning we invite you to the book of Galatians chapter 1. The book of Galatians chapter 1. We want to read the first five verses uh, of this chapter, or this epistle, the beginning of this epistle. For our thoughts this morning. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading of uh, these verses. Here we have in these verses uh, that of the uh, introductory uh, words of the Apostle Paul uh, as he begins uh, this epistle to the churches of Galatia. You note that Paul here, uh, as normal, he uh, begins by identifying himself uh, and those to whom uh, he is writing to. He says, Paul, an apostle. And you just might note that he doesn't stop there. He says, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Uh, the apostle Paul here, uh, as he begins to identify himself he identifies himself as an apostle and then he presses the issue here that his apostleship is not of men but it is of God and he does it for that of a reason because of the uh, error that he is going to have to deal with uh, as he uh, pins this epistle to these churches that he is writing to He wants them to know that he is Paul and that he is an apostle, one that is sent of God, not of man. And then he says, And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Uh, He doesn't identify anyone in particular here at this point uh, who is uh, uh, with him. Uh, But he just tells us that there are some brethren that are indeed uh, with him. And then he gives us that of, that of the uh, usual greeting uh, that he gives in most of his uh, epistles. He says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now, Paul here, as he gives this greeting, he is wishing, uh, he's he's, uh, asking a blessing upon that of these ones uh, to whom he is writing to. Grace be to you. In other words, may God's uh, favor be upon you. Uh, And uh, the peace, uh, of course, which comes from God the Father and from uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So he asked, uh, or he, he calls upon them that of the blessing of God. Uh, and then in verse 4 he says, Who gave himself, speaking of Jesus Christ, for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world 
according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He closes these first few verses with that of a doxology, uh, offering up praise uh, unto God. Now this morning, as we consider these verses, I want to focus in on that of verse number 4. Verse number 4. The Apostle Paul writes, who gave himself, the pronoun who referring back to the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. My subject this morning is Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. The gospel. The good news. That is what the Apostle Paul here sets forth here in this statement. How that Christ died upon the cross died for our sins according to the Scriptures as he wrote over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, I believe that the Apostle Paul had a reason uh, for uh, writing uh, in the manner in which he did here in the very beginning uh, of the epistle. And the reason being is because of the error that he was about to deal with that had entered into the churches of Galatia. Uh, There were false teachers who had entered into the churches of Galatia and they were teaching a salvation by works. They were telling uh, the people uh, that faith in Jesus Christ was not sufficient uh, for uh, that of justification, for that of salvation, but you must also be circumcised. Sort of like that of the teaching that we sometimes find in various places where they tell you, uh, you must believe and be baptized. Mark 16, 16 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized. But the difference of it is, is that these false teachers in our day and time, likewise, they're teaching that Baptism is a necessity. It is a work that has to be done in order to be saved. Baptism is indeed that of something that one who is a child of God wants to take part in. It is that of an ordinance that is found in Scripture. And those who would make a profession of faith ought to follow that of their Lord in that of baptism as we see in that of the New Testament uh, Scriptures. But baptism does not save. Jesus is the one who saves. And what Jesus did is what saves us from our sins. And that's what we want to look at uh, uh, this morning. He gave Himself for our sins. The first thing that I would draw your attention to with regards to this statement is is that Christ's death was voluntary. Christ's death was voluntary. He says, who gave Himself for our sins. 
Christ did not have to die. Christ did not have to die because Christ didn't do anything to die. That called for that of His death. We know the Scriptures make it very clear that the Lord Jesus that He met all of the demands of the law. He lived out of a perfect, sinless life. Pilate declared to the Jews when Christ was brought before Him, he says, I find no fault in Him. The thief on the cross declared, we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. The centurion soldier and those who were with him at the cross declared, truly this was the Son of God, or certainly this was a righteous man. The Lord told Peter, put the sword away. I can call twelve legions of angels if necessary. But he says it's not necessary. He says this is all according to the will of God. That was when... Uh, Judas Iscariot and that of the Jews that came out there to the garden there uh, to take him uh, captive. Christ didn't have to give himself for us. No, God would have been just had he sent Adam and all of the descendants uh, to hell. But Jesus came and voluntarily, voluntarily gave himself for our sins. Jesus said, Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father's. You note how many times that Jesus says there in those verses, I lay down my life. I lay down my life and I can take it back up. Beloved, Jesus voluntarily gave His life. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us here in our text. Who gave Himself, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins. So first of all, Christ's death was voluntarily. He gave Himself. Secondly, we would say to you that Christ's death was substitutionary. Christ did not die on the cross as an example. He didn't die upon the cross to uh, show that of love and in the process hope that there would be some of humanity uh, that would uh, be drawn unto uh, that of God. No, beloved, the Lord Jesus, He died upon the cross, and when He died there, He died as a substitute. Christ died upon the cross. And He died for He gave Himself for our sins. Note the last three words there in the phrase. Who gave Himself for our sins. Note that of the personal pronoun, our. Note also that little word, for. The idea there in the Greek is 
is that of in behalf of. So, beloved, when Christ died there upon the cross, He was dying in that of our behalf. Our behalf. And it's for that of our sins. You see, we were born in this world sinners, the Scriptures tells us. David, as he spoke of that of man uh, and that of man's uh, nature, he said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Speaking of himself there. Scripture tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so, beloved, we all broke the commandments of God. We're all guilty uh, before a holy and just God. And the Lord Jesus Christ came and He came and He died for our sins. He came to die for sinners like you and me. Paul wrote in this same epistle in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Who loved me and gave Himself for me. Isaiah, 700 years before what we have written in the New Testament, prophesied of the suffering servant. And as he prophesied of the suffering servant, these are the words that he proclaimed. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There, beloved, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, we have the Gospel that Paul proclaims here in that of our text when he says that Christ gave Himself for our sins. Just like Isaiah prophesied of old. Peter wrote, His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. His own self bear our sins in His own body. For Christ has also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. The just for the unjust. As we said, He who had done no sin, who knew no sin, He bore our sins there upon the tree. Songwriter wrote, Man of sorrows, what a name! For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, 
in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah! What a Savior. Oh, yes, beloved. He bore that of our shame, that of his coughing. And, beloved, he stood there condemned in that of our place. And he paid our pardon. His death was substitutionary. Thirdly, we would say to you that Christ's death was once and for all. There's an old hymn by that title, Once for All. We sing it here sometimes. Christ's death paid the debt. Christ's death paid the debt. Once and for all. The blood of Jesus Christ, the precious Lamb, it atoned for sin. Writer of Hebrews writes, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that He should offer Himself often as a high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must He have often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once... Once in the end of the world hath He appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Beloved, as we think upon that of the Old Testament Scriptures and that of the tabernacle, the holy place, the holy of holies, the day of atonement. It was upon that day that the high priest that he took that of the blood and he entered into that of the Holy of Holies. It was only once a year. And only the high priest could enter into that Holy of Holies. He took blood in and he sprinkled it upon that of the mercy seat. First of all, for himself and that of his family. And then he went in again and sprinkled the blood upon the mercy seat for that of the people. Israel. They were the chosen people of God. Beautiful picture, but in one sense of the word, 
Just as that picture showed that the high priest went in, he sprinkled the blood upon that of the mercy seat, and it was for the people, it was for that of beloved the Israelites, the chosen people of God, beloved Jesus Christ, when he died upon the cross, beloved, he paid that of the debt of his people. His blood was shed for his people that was given to him by the Father. Chosen by the Father. And he paid the debt once and for all. This past week was studying in the book of Isaiah for a little bit. What was brought to my attention that I hadn't really thought too much about that hit me was the Lord gave all those mon- all those instructions for that of the setting up of the tabernacle. And all the different pieces of furniture and that of what was used must have been beautiful the hand practice that was used in the making of that furniture there was the mercy seat beloved the high priest and this is what hit me the high priest would go in there and did year after year and took the blood of these animals and sprinkled it upon the mercy seat. Year after year after year, that blood was placed there. Can you imagine? Year after year after year, what it looked like in there? The blood being sprinkled over and over and over. What an awful sight that must have been. See that blood of his animals where he was sprinkled. Christ paid the debt once and for all. No need for animals anymore. Blood of bulls and goats couldn't atone for sin. Beloved, the blood of Jesus did. Christ paid the death that we could not pay. Who gave Himself for our sins. That He might deliver us from this present evil world. That He might deliver us from this present evil world. The salvation in Jesus Christ, it is deliverance. The word Deliver here in the Greek means to rescue. To rescue. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Beloved, He rescued us. He rescued us from that of the penalty of that of our sins that we could not pay for. 
Here, Paul, he writes that he might deliver us from this present evil world. This present evil world. Or that word world is age. Beloved, we're, we got this age now that we're living in. Beloved, there is an age yet to come. And beloved, everyone who comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who comes to know that is the salvation that Paul here writes about, beloved. Beloved, they are going to be delivered. They are delivered by what Jesus did upon the cross from the, out of this evil world for that of the age yet to come. Beloved, we have a blessed hope a sure hope in Jesus Christ. This world that we live in, it's satanic. It's, it's evil. And as we look around us, beloved, uh, the things that are going on, it's hard, hard to believe. As I think back when I was younger, you didn't hear of the things that were going on in my day and time. But now it's all out in the open. Not say it wasn't going on back then. Now it's all out in the open. Yeah, it was an evil world or age back then too. Just as it is now. That He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. The death of Christ was not that of an accident. The death of Christ was according to that of the divine purpose. Jesus Christ, the servant of the Lord, the Son of God, came to earth with that of a purpose. And that purpose, beloved, was to do the will of His Father. And the will of the Father, of the Father was that He was to come. And beloved, that He was going to give that of His life for that of the people of God, the chosen people of God, to pay that of their Open the book of the Gospel of John, chapter 17, if you turn there with us. John 17. We have the Lord Jesus in His high priestly prayer, as they many describe it. Verse 1 it says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest 
me to do. I have finished the work. What was that work? Get back up. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse number 37. Jesus, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, will, but the will of Him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of Him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life. And I will raise Him up at the last day. John chapter 10, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd giveth His life for the sheep. The sheep giveth His life for the sheep. Jesus came, beloved, and He gave His life for the sheep. The chosen of God. And beloved, not one will be lost. He completed the work that God gave Him to do. His Father gave Him to do. Jesus was commissioned by the Father with His work. He came and finished it. He did all that the Father sent Him to do. All according to the purpose of God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 23, Peter is the one who's preaching. He says, Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that He should be holy of it. Beloved, the death of Christ was according to the purpose and plan of God. Wicked men, wicked hands, took Him and crucified Him. Beloved, it was all according to Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Do you know the salvation of the Lord? Do you know the salvation that is only in Jesus Christ? We trust and hope that you do. That you have trusted in Jesus Christ alone. Alone, his death upon the cross for that of your son. All right. On the back of the bulletin, we have an old hymn. Let us stand.
recently about services for Lord, <laughs> Heavenly Father, we praise Thy holy name. Thank You, Lord, that You have given us the gospel, the good news, Lord, that we have heard preached to us, Lord, that we heard that God has quickened us and made us alive. Lord, Lord, that all comes from Thy hand. We glorify Thy name. So we praise You, Lord, the Lord, as we walk through this pilgrimage, Lord, that You have with us, and then, Lord, we go to the great city of our God. Thank you.